Our scripture this morning is from Genesis chapter 11, and it goes like this. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we will be scattered upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the mortals had built. And the Lord said, look, they are one people and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad the face of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I've been learning uh, recently, and you know, I probably maybe should have figured this out earlier, but I've been learning recently that parenting is about consistency. If you give your child like an inch, an inch of an exception, then they think in their child brain that that means that you get to do that every day, right? So when we brought the baby home, there was a lot of TV time. There was a lot of TV time, there was a lot of iPad time. There was not a lot of learning happening in our house. <laughs> and you know, that was okay, because it was for that period of time. And yet, the children, the older children, didn't realize that it was for a period of time. And so now every day we have this fight about how much TV they're gonna get to watch. And I'm not anti-TV, I love TV. I'm a big fan of TV. I have a lot of TV love movie references, as you know. Um, but too much of it means that they don't sleep at bedtime because they have all this energy they have to get out and watching TV does not give them any space to get all this energy out. So we had a lot of not consistency and so we've had a lot of trying to regain consistency lately, which you can imagine what that kind of looks like on our daily lives. It doesn't work with children to do this inconsistent thing to give them exceptions, because children need structure. They need rules, they need to know what life is gonna be, they like predictability. And the truth is, adults like predictability too, most of us. We do better when there are rules, we do better when there are structures. We do better when there are limits. And it's true, it's true all the way through our lives. It's true when we get to make our own choices. We like to make structure so we don't have to make our own choices every day because who gets really tired of making choices every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I told Jeremy the other day, I said, I just don't want, I'm not making any more decisions today. <laughs> and we put, we put our daughter in charge of making all the rest of the decisions and the day went really well, actually. <laughs> we just get tired of having to make choices. And God treats us the same way, or he did early in the scriptures. God puts all these rules in place, all these structures in place. From the very beginning, God said that we humans had one job, 
one job. Sunday school teachers and learners, what is our one job in the creation story? What are we supposed to do? Glorify God. And, well, I guess we have two jobs. What is the other job? Enjoy him forever. That's it. One rule. We can do that, right? Glorify God and enjoy him forever. And yet, we don't do it very well, pretty, pretty instantly in the story. Because that's not enough rules. It's not enough structure. We're wired to look for the places that are weird, that are different, that are unusual. We're wired to look for the loopholes. We like the structure, and yet we want to find places where we don't have to follow the structures, because we're all kind of like messed up, right? We know the structure is good for us, and the rules generally are good for us, and yet we're always looking for ways to get around it. And so when we come to today's story in Genesis 11, what we have are some people who know the rules, or they think they know the rules. God only ever has one rule for humanity, and it's this. You are people, and I am God. You be people, and I'll be God, and everything will be fine. That's the rule. You be people, I'll be God. I'll be God, which means that I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to watch out for you. I'm going to help you make decisions when you want, need the help to make decisions. And you be people, which means you do the things you're supposed to do, like love one another and to listen to God. And in Genesis 11, what we have is the story of people who are, this is post-flood, so they've already been, you know, God's already like said, no, you're doing the wrong thing once already. Pretty dramatically, God says, no, you're messing up. Let's start over. And as soon as they start over, what do they do? Look for more ways to cause trouble. And so they end up in this valley, and they remember God's promise. God's promise in Genesis 1, where he says, you will be fruitful and multiply. Your people will scatter the earth will cover the face of the earth. This is God's promise. And God, being a better parent than me, is always consistent. And so they remember God's promise. You will be fruitful and multiply, and you will scatter on the face of the earth. And they get to this plain, and all of a sudden, they get worried. They get afraid, because they realize how big the earth really is. You see, they'd come from one place, from the east, and they'd been traveling for a while. And when you've been traveling for a while, all you want to do is stop. And so they find this place to stop, and they realize, like, they've only covered a little bit of the earth. And there's more to come. God's going to scatter us even farther than this. And they get afraid. And so they start looking for loopholes. Well, maybe God didn't mean the whole earth. Maybe God just meant the earth that we can see. Maybe God just meant the earth that we, you know, feel kind of comfortable with because it looks familiar to us. Yeah, that's what God meant. That's the loophole we're looking for today. And God and God's consistency says, no, the whole earth, folks, the whole earth, the whole thing. Well, how about this, this little tower? What if we can just scatter in this little tower? What if we just build this tower and it gets really tall and then we could see the whole earth and that'll be sort of like we scattered on the whole earth. And God says, no, I meant the whole earth. 
because I'm a God who is consistent. And so they remember the promise of God to scatter them on the face of the earth from the very beginning of time, and they become afraid. And they build the tower, not because of ego, not because they want to be bigger than everybody else, not because they think that this tower is going to bring them some sort of glory or whatever. They build this tower because they're afraid. They're afraid that if they don't make their mark, if they don't build this tower, if they don't climb as close as they can to God, then maybe God will forget them down here in this little spot on earth. Maybe God will change God's mind and they won't get scattered. Maybe if they build this tower, then they have a safe place to stay. And all of that is an act of fear. They don't want God to fulfill God's promise. They don't want to be scattered on the face of the earth. They want to stay. They like this plane. The world was getting bigger. The world was getting bigger and they couldn't handle it. And so they built a tower, a safe place to stay, some bricks and mortar in which they could put their trust. All of this, all of this is an act of scarcity. I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks talking about living in a life of scarcity versus a life of abundance. And what we see in the story of Babel is a life that is so focused on scarcity that they forget that God's promises are always good. It reminds me of the TV show Hoarders. Anybody watch this show? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being brave and admitting it. I come to my hoarder corner. Um, I watched that show to force my husband to throw things away. Right? And what I love about this show is um, they always go into the show, these houses, and people have things in these houses that are like, they're amazing. They'll have houses full of newspapers, every newspaper they've ever gotten in their whole life. All of them, every one of them stacked up in rooms to the point where they can't get to them. Some of these people are 70, 80 years old. That's a lot of newspaper. Yeah? Or they'll have microwaves. I've seen that. There was one hoarder episode where this lady had like 27 microwaves in this one room. None of them were hooked up. She was just keeping them. Or um, jars, bottles. A lot of times they'll have bottles, glass bottles that they've kept for their whole life. And they get rid of the stuff. But they also, the very first thing that they do is they bring in a therapist. And there are people whose whole job is to talk to hoarders. And they talk to these hoarders, and the first thing that these people say is, I'm afraid to throw it away because we may need it. I'm afraid to throw it away because what if I need a microwave? What if the microwave in the kitchen breaks down? Then I'll have another microwave that I can put in its place. Anybody do that? Yes. Have done? Anybody maybe have an extra microwave in their basement? You never know. It's, it's our backup microwave in case we need to bag two pogs of popcorn. <laughs> right? This is scarcity. It's a scarcity mindset. It's the belief that we're going to run out. We're not going to have enough. And so we'll build all of our stuff. And so we make a tower of stuff. We make a tower of stuff. Because our fear and our anxiety tells us that if we don't have the extra, 
we may run out. We may run out of newspaper. What if we have to move one day and we need all that newspaper? What if our microwave breaks down and the only way to cook food is in the microwave and we need it? Right? All of this speaks to a deep-seated place of scarcity and fear and anxiety. It makes us feel good to have stuff. And I like stuff. It makes me feel good, too. I had to take Amazon off of my phone because my kids were yelling, it's the Amazon truck. Because did anybody else panic buy through the pandemic, right? Makes me feel good to have this stuff. And it's the same thing. We could build the Tower of Babel out of our microwaves, I bet, if we tried. Or whatever stuff that you have holding. And it's all a mindset of scarcity, of fear that we're going to run out. And I wondered if, I wonder if we were brave enough to actually believe that God fulfills the promises. God, who is a God of consistency, a God who doesn't believe in loopholes. God, the God who always, always fulfills what is said. God, who promises us grace. God, who promises that there is nowhere on the earth we can go that God doesn't go with us. What if we believed in that? What if we believed in that enough to get rid of our extra microwave? What if we believed in that enough that we could go to the faces of the earth and not be afraid? What kind of tower could we build if we were building one based on a belief in God's abundant grace and mercy? None of us are scarce of resources. None of us are scarce of resources. If your microwave breaks, you can call me. You can use my microwave. I have an extra one. If you are in a place where you feel like you are afraid, or you are anxious, or you are beyond the ability to help yourself, then you can call me or your friend who's next to you in the pew. You can pray to God and say, God, I'm feeling this way. And we have a God who is gracious and merciful and abundant. So what are we going to trust? Are we going to trust our tower that we built ourselves? Of whatever it is, of our stuff, of bricks and mortars maybe, of car parts, whatever it is that you're building with your tower. Is that what you're going to trust when the time comes? Or can we trust in the God who fulfills promises all the time, every day? If we trust in God, what does that look like? A life of abundance instead of scarcity? Of joy and hope instead of fear? Of community instead of loneliness and isolation? What does that look like? What tower is bringing you the power today? Which promise are you going to trust?